Bible study on chapter 3 and hopefully 4 of Philippians to complete the book. Going back to scripture, this is Paul writing to the people of Philippi. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It, it is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself has have reasons for such confidence. So I think Paul's talking more about the circumcision of the heart versus a physical circumcision. And that's what, you know, God talked about was he wanted uh, like the circumcision of the flesh was a symbol between Israel and God. And, but what he was after all along was a personal relationship, a change of a heart, a, a difference in our heart towards him that we would become changed, not necessarily physically, but through our, our soul, our spirit, that we would be connected to God and there would be that relationship there. Going back to scripture, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultlessness, or faultless. So, um, yeah, Paul uh, came from, he just kind of gave everything about him that he was, um, he was circumcised himself. He was from the tribe of Benjamin and he knew the law very well. He was one of the Pharisees and he was persecuting the church and he knew righteousness and it was all based on the law. But here's what he's saying about all of that. In verse 7, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So he's saying a lot here, and he's basically talking about the Jewish laws that he was following and, of course, trying to make himself righteous by obeying, being obedient to all the laws, which it's good to obey the laws, but what he's found is something more, something greater in his relationship with Christ Jesus. And he's saying, basically, it's, you know, this, this is where, this is really what it's about. It's the faith in Christ. It's the righteousness that comes from God. We don't do it on our own. And we, it's found through faith. And I don't know if it's this book or another book that tells us that faith comes from reading the word of God. So that's how faith grows. If someone wants to grow their faith, then get into scripture. It says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and 
participation in his sufferings because like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. So because of Jesus, we all can look forward to the resurrection of the dead, whether we are living or we are already passed on at the time of Jesus's return, that's when it will all happen. And when people will be with Christ again in a living body, and it will be a supernatural body, a body better than what we have today. Um, It'll have different abilities, the way, at least if we take by example of what Jesus did after he resurrected, and the fact that he would just appear in a room that's locked within a house that's locked. So there are different things that happen um, in the perfect body that God designed for us. Going back to scripture, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have been taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead. This is an important thing for everyone to remember. And once we have that change in us that we want to follow God and we want to not, we want to be reconciled with God. We want to be someone, well, God always loves us, but we want to show God love back. When we get to that point in life after we, when we believe, it's also important, forget what's behind and straining towards what's ahead. When we realize how good God is to us and what he's done, how he suffered and came to earth to rescue us, to break the curse of death that was the what was going to happen to all of mankind if he didn't do what he did, and just all the good things that he gives us and all the beauty. I mean, you can just look outside and see like sometimes the sunrises or the sunsets and the different trees and just the outdoors and all the things that God made and just how beautiful they are and how you can be in awe when you see certain scenes um, in nature that God created that are not man-made, that are just just beautiful and all the tiny intricacy of details that you can find just within nature. And just seeing that, you know, our creator created all this and he had greater aspirations for all of us. But um, we, our ancestors allowed sin, you know, they started doubting God's word, doubting the goodness of God and believing God's enemy who can put thoughts into people's heads even still today that um, challenge someone's belief in God challenge someone's um, assuredness that God is looking out for their best interest and which he is to all those who obey him. If, Of course, if we're rebelling against him and not living according to the way we know God wants us to live, then that's our own fault. But if we are living the way God wants us to live, God does work out all things. It doesn't always happen on our timeline, but we can from God's word and from the experiences that other people throughout scripture had, we can know that God does fulfill whatever he says, and he does work all things for the good. 
of those who love him. And Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. So love and obedience kind of go hand in hand. But anyway, once we make set our minds to becoming people that are more Christ-like and desiring that and, you know, ask God for the Holy Spirit, then that's the point. We need to forget about what's behind because before we did that, before we received the Holy Spirit, before we changed our the way we wanted to live our lives, um, we all were basically enemies of God and we were living in rebellion. We were rebellious and all of us are like that. So, you know, but once you decide to make a change and to become a different person, you have to put all that stuff behind and God forgives. So you don't hang on to that stuff. You let it go and you just move forward. And that's a good thing that Paul's saying here. He said, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Paul himself, I mean, he was persecuting Christians. He was going after the believers. So, you know, he probably had a lot of regret about what he did before he had the vision where he saw Jesus and Jesus spoke to him. And so I'm sure as he was praying, you know, all of this, like he lost his eyesight and that had to be pretty traumatic. He, you know, fell to the ground. There's a big flashing of light and he probably didn't know what was happening. He didn't see anything afterwards. And then he heard Jesus and had this vision. Um, That was probably pretty traumatic. I mean, evidently it was really traumatic because it changed his whole life and changed what he did in his life. And now he's talking with words saying, you know, I don't really care if I live or die because if I live, I'm just going to promote the gospel. And if I die, I'm going to be with Christ. So either way, it's good. So he, this guy has had a significant change in his mindset and he, he brings that forth and, and he's not saying that it's, you know, we're not going to have struggles after we decide to live according to the way Christ wants us to live, but we do so knowing what scripture says about who God is and about what the future plan of God is for all of us. And that this is just a temporary thing. It's kind of the work, the, the work that nobody likes to do to achieve a certain goal. Sometimes it's fun building up to some goal and other times it's painful building up to some goal but you keep your eye on the goal and it's worth it when you go through whatever you go through to get to your goal so paul says i press on toward the goal to win the prize for which god has called me heavenward in christ jesus so god has a a goal for all of us to be in his kingdom and God will reward people for what they do here on earth. And so it's worthwhile. I mean, the things that you do that are good for other people, and when you do things that are Christ-like, God is going to reward people. You know, Scripture tells us that. And uh, it's going to be in God's kingdom that we see that reward. We may not see that reward here on earth um, right right away, but there will be. That's another thing. It's a, it's a later thing, and you have to have faith and belief and to know that, but it's documented throughout scripture. Sometimes in someone's life, God has been kind and given them their reward during their life on earth before they pass away. And at other times it's reserved for later. So going back to the scripture, 
All of us then who are mature should take the take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have told you before, and now will tell you again, even with tears, Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. There's a whole lot in that paragraph there. Keeping our eyes on Christ, don't live like enemies of Christ. Those who do live, who are rebellious, it's not a good thing. It's not a cool thing because their destiny is just, is destruction and it's like their god is their stomach and so they're just like whatever they want to they want to desire i mean it could be like gluttony it could be but whatever it is their mind is set on earthly things not set on god when we when we desire all the things of the earth whether it's material things or power or whatever if our mind is set on those things we're thinking about earthly things. We're not thinking about things of the kingdom. And if we're thinking about things of the kingdom, of God's kingdom, we're thinking about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And so it's pretty clear what we're, what our motivation is. And um, if we think, you know, whatever we prioritize, and it's a good thing to every once in a while, think about that. Think about like, where are we today? You know, what are we doing today? Where was, where's our mindset? What is our priority? Are we giving, are we making God our priority? Are we thankful for what he's given to us? Is God at the forefront of our mind? Or are we focused on earthly things? And Paul here is saying, we need to focus on God and we're, and we're awaiting a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, now more than, more than back then, we're closer And when he arrives, he's going to transform our bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. I was just talking about that. Things are going to be different. And, you know, Paul is sharing this with people. So now we're on the last chapter, chapter four. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with you die, I don't know. And I plead with Sintich to be the same of mind in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in this cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers who names are, whose names are in the book of life. That's another thing, the book of life. So this is referenced throughout and, you know, there is a book of life that God has, um, whether it's spiritually, I, I don't know, but 
it's referred to as the book of life. And it talks about people's names being written into them. Sometimes I think about this too. And, you know, just about, it's so awful how at Christmas time, things have been distorted, but you can see where they come from biblical concepts. Think about this. So Santa Claus has a list of who's naughty and who's nice. But where did that come from? Did it come from scripture? Did it come from God's book of life where your names were written in the book of life? It's just a thought, but that's just an example of how like our world distorts things that are from God to take Jesus out of it. And when you start noticing that more and more, it's so important to make sure that Jesus is the focus of the you know, the, the correct focus of where we are, because even at this time of Christmas, it's a beautiful season and it's supposed to be all about Jesus. And in the past, people very commonly said Merry Christmas. And now that even has changed where people say happy holidays, but it's detracting or it's taking away from Jesus. But, and even, even the fact of Christmas being in December, when if you look into when was Jesus actually born? And there is belief that because of the circumstances and the descriptions and things that were talked about, that he was probably born in September. And so we're celebrating him in December. And then it's become a very commercialized holiday. And it's all about material things rather than things that God says are important. And we've just, you know, and, it, and then instead of focusing on Jesus, there's Santa Claus. And there's just so much that has been distorted from Scripture. And it's, it's really important. I mean, we have to, like, Christians have to really try hard to keep Jesus in the concept of Christmas. I mean, even songs, there's so many secular songs that are not about Jesus's birth or anything like that. Um, but it's just gradually changing further and further away from Jesus. And that's a scary thing for us as a society, because that just means that we're going further into darkness. And that's not a good place to be. And there's always a consequence for every action. And it's really important for believers to maintain that thought, that worship of Jesus, and not to be sidetracked by everything in the world. I mean, it's so easy to be sidetracked by everything in the world and get involved with it, but just to always to have that maybe moment of quiet time where you can reflect on what God did and the whole reason Jesus came was to save the sinners, to save all the sinners from the death that was going to happen because of sin entering the world. And when people comprehend that, then there is a, an enormous reason because people are joyful about like, look at what you did for me. And you made this possible so that we're in God's kingdom. It's just, 
it'll really affect you when you believe that. So I'm going to go back into scripture. It says, um, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer is so important that it says, you know, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. God's not going to answer every one of our requests, but those requests that are in accordance with his will will be answered from what we see in scripture. The prayers of a righteous person are heard and they're answered. And some prayers don't always get answered the way we want them or the our timing, but they're all according to God's will. And so we need to align ourselves with God so that we are wanting God's will to be done as well, because that will prevail. So if our prayers are against what God's will is, it's not going to happen. So finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So that's another thing that I think is really important that Paul said is put it into practice. It's one thing to learn something, but that just learning something, if you do nothing with the information that you learned, you're not going to benefit from it. Nothing will change. But if we put into action the things that we learn, things will change and it will benefit us. And as he says here, and the God of peace will be with you. So I think this is probably the next part is just closing it out. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at the at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. It's another thing that I underlined here too. We all have to learn to be content in whatever the circumstances are because God, things aren't, there isn't a coincidence. There's either, there's something in hindsight that we will understand why this happened or that happened. Sometimes it's a consequence of sin and it's maybe not something God would have done, but it's because of our, our choices. And that was the outcome of the choices based on the sin. But then other times um, it could be a testing period. God could be testing us to see if we draw near to him or if we pull away and so it could be a testing period. So if we stay focused on God and we pass that test, then that's a good thing. And then in all circumstances, sometimes those circumstances are learning experiences. And sometimes God doesn't instantly do something, but he takes us through a long journey. Think about the Exodus. When the Israelites were being freed from slavery in Egypt, they spent 40 
years wandering in the wilderness or the desert, 40 years doing that, wandering around, not getting to their destination, just, I mean, think about those circumstances. But that was a testing period. And during that time, when you read about it, there were some who were complaining, grumblers, and then there were some that were eliminated. They just, you know, they preferred the material things. They were, uh, they they weren't appreciative of what had actually happened to them. And so I think that's something that we all have to remind ourselves about is whatever circumstances we have, we have to find the good of God in it and also know that all of it will be worked out for good. Again, for those who love and obey him. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. That's a great verse. That's uh, Philippians 4 verse 13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. If we have Jesus, we have the Spirit. If we have the Holy Spirit, Things that would be challenging, even more challenging to deal with without God. It would be devastating. Um, With the Holy Spirit, we can endure all things. And we just have to remember what Paul wrote about. Paul went through a lot of hardships, a lot of pain, beatings, imprisonment. There was a lot of things that happened to him. But he never, he was, he just took it on because he knew God. He knew Jesus and his relationship was strong and it meant a lot to him. And he knew that he could get through it all. And it was through Christ who gave him the strength through the Holy Spirit. I even think back about Stephen stoning. Um, this is, that's from the book of Acts. And actually Paul with his prior name, Saul, was apparently present when Stephen was stoned to death. You know, he was one of the Christians that was being persecuted, and Paul witnessed that. And this was before his conversion. But Stephen, it was described in Scripture that he had the face of an angel. And then he looked up and he said he saw God, and in his right hand, he saw the Son of Man, or Jesus, standing there. And, of course, then they stoned him even further. Um, But I was reflecting about that, like um, the face of an angel. So what would that be like? I mean, probably very peaceful, very content. And then he is seeing the images, you know, he's seeing God as he's being killed, basically. And think about that. He had the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, you can do all things through him who gives me strength. So there could be there could very well be something supernatural that was happening to Stephen that wouldn't happen to somebody who didn't have the Holy Spirit that he was able to endure that and at the end of that stoning it says that Stephen fell asleep it didn't say he died it said he fell asleep and that's what scripture tells us we do in what we call death is 
it's actually, it isn't permanent death because we will be alive once again, but it is a transition from this earthly realm into the heavenly realm. And um, it's this time period of what we call asleep, but we're not going to be alive in Christ with bodies until Jesus returns. So that's why everybody's waiting for Jesus to return so that we can be perfect. We can live in a perfect world and we have the presence of God with us who will live with us and not be separated us from us anymore. And our world will be totally different. People will not be um, will not be crying, will not be in pain, will not be suffering. It will be a wonderful world that we will be living in. Going back to scripture, I'm almost finished here. Um, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I sent out from Macedonia, or Mac- yeah, Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the manner of giving and receiving except you only. For when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. And that concludes the book of Philippians.